If you listen to Locked On Syracuse, you know damn well that I am not happy with the state of Syracuse football. Some people have tried to convince me otherwise. Some people have tried to talk me out of it. Some people have said I'm too negative surrounding Syracuse football. Well, today I'm going to lay out every single reason since the season ended why I am angry at the state of orange football. It's your Locked On Syracuse Tuesday. Let's get right to it. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome into your Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday episode. I'm Owen Valentine saying thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. As I said in the open, I am very vocally not pleased with the state of Syracuse football, especially what I have seen happen in the months since Syracuse lost to Minnesota in a bowl game. And even what led up to that bowl game, we can include in this situation. Many people have told me I'm too negative. Today, I'm going to lay out the rationale for my anger, for my negativity, and for what I think can probably be best summed up as consistent frustration. And so today, I'm going to throw my argument out there. I am going to list you the negatives of Syracuse football right now and why I can't get over them, because there are so many at this point in time. I'll preface with this now. This is not an episode where I finish up and say, but here's the bright side, because right now I'm not seeing the bright side. And maybe in the offseason, that could change. Maybe as we get closer to the season, that could change. But right now, I don't see the grass on the other side. I don't see the dawn and the sun peeking over the horizon. I don't see the silver lining that there is to this situation. I just see issues with Syracuse football. And that is what I will break down today. If you disagree, come at me in the comments. Come at me on Twitter, uh, at LO underscore Syracuse. Join the conversation. Uh, But I am not happy. And I personally believe that it comes with good reason. And I'll start with coaching. There is one coach on Syracuse's coaching staff last season that I was really frustrated with. And unfortunately, He is the only coach that really stayed, is the name Dino Babers, the head coach, the man in charge, the man at the helm, whatever you want to say. Dino Babers has been, for the last few years, the basis of most of my frustrations with Syracuse football. 
And people are going to say, oh, but he started 6-0 and last year. And then he went 0-5 in a lot of games with coaching issues leading to losses and decision-making and straight up saying after the Clemson game that he messed things up and that he made mistakes in coaching. And I have posed this question even when all was sunshine and rainbows last season. Is Dino Babers actually a good football coach? And I don't think the answer is yes. I don't see what he does offensively in terms of coaching. I don't see what he does defensively in terms of coaching. I don't see what he does game management-wise in terms of coaching. And I will tell you this more than anything else, I don't see what he does recruiting-wise that makes up for any of the on-field issues that arise from head coach Dino Babers. Now, contrary to Babers, who maybe you can say Wildpack made a mistake in extending with the contract that he gave him, Syracuse couldn't get rid of Babers because the buyout was reportedly still north of $10 million after last season. But who did Syracuse lose? And I will preface that none of these are a result of a firing. And only one of these resulted in a position upgrade. All of these were position-wise linear moves. It starts with offensive coordinator Robert and I. Robert and I didn't leave you to become a head coach. Robert and I left you to continue being an offensive coordinator. Was he offered more money? Probably. But you lost Robert and I, who is uh, one of the few bright spots or who was one of the bright spots on Syracuse's coaching staff last season. He brought a revitalized coaching a style, a new offense. He brought life to some things, mixed some things up things that Syracuse had been struggling with in the past, especially under Sterling Gilbert. You lose Robert and I to NC State. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. You lose your defensive coordinator, Tony White, a guy who had shown you some life defensively in turning a defense that was outside of the top whatever into a fringe top 25 defense. You lose him, not to become a head coach, but to continue as a defensive coordinator at a different school in Nebraska. Is money involved? Sure. Is football program being overall better involved? Sure. But you lose both of those coaches who were bright spots on this team. Gone. You go to your O-lines coach, Mike Schmidt. He switches to the tight ends coach at Mississippi State. Gone. Your cornerbacks coach, Chip West. Is he going to become a defensive coordinator somewhere? No. It's a cornerbacks coach at Wake Forest. You're losing these guys internally in the ACC to programs that you should be on par with. You lose your safeties coach, one of your best, if not your best recruiter in Nick Monroe. And this is the only one where you see a bit of a jump as he becomes a co-defensive coordinator at Minnesota. But you're losing five massively important coaches. And you're not replacing them with upgrades. And that is the beginning of my basis of frustration, is that you had a coaching staff that was showing promise, and you lose every single one of them. And who is the constant factor that remains is Dino Babers, the guy that time and time again 
has shown reason to be frustrated and reason to be disappointed. I say this time and time again, there's no answers from Dino. He never answers the question. He just rephrases it. He beats around the bush and he gives you a metaphor or a pop culture analogy or a reference of some sort. It's not what you want to hear. And it's not something that in my opinion demonstrates that a change towards success is looming on the horizon. Because coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the state of the roster. And based on the math that we have put together, the math that I have put together, courtesy of a few people, Syracuse is down 16 players as a result of the portal, as a result of players leaving the program, for whatever reason, as a result of graduation. They are down 16 players. And we break that down after a quick note from our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet wins or if your first bet doesn't win. And right now I'm supposed to give you a bet that I would make. And I will tell you this. I made five bets over the weekend. I lost all five. I will not bore you with a losing bet today, but I will tell you this, that there's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. We are talking why I'm frustrated and angry and disappointed and why some people say I'm too negative about the state of Syracuse football. It's your Locked on Syracuse Tuesday. We started by discussing the mass exodus of coaches from the Syracuse football staff. Coordinators, both of them, see ya. O-lines coach, gone. Cornerbacks coach, gone. Safeties coach, gone. Top recruiter in Nick Monroe, gone. Your director of high school relations, gone. Mass exodus. Most of them for linear positions, probably including a pay bump. Maybe that's a structural issue at Syracuse. Another reason to be frustrated. But the coaching change in the coaching carousel with Dino Babers staying put is one of my lead reasons behind frustration. Now let's take a look at the state of the roster. Syracuse lost some players to the NFL draft. That's great. They lost some players to the NFL. That's great. Syracuse lost some players for unknown reasons. But the biggest exit from Syracuse has been the transfer portal. And that's what happens when you lose both your coordinators. That's what happens when you have one of the most frustrating second halves of a season that you could possibly have. Jihad Carter, gone. Deuce Chestnut, gone. Dom Foster, gone. Courtney Jackson, gone. Steve Linton, gone. Tyler Magnuson, gone. Anthony Quealy, gone. Chad Schuster, gone. Josh Huff, Damian Alford, Jacobian Morgan, Jatia Steer, Justin Lamson, gone, 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 gone. Gone. Use 13 players to the transfer portal. Oh, but that's okay. The transfer portal works both ways. False. Because you bring in five. 
five players get brought in via the portal. That's a net loss of eight players via the transfer portal. Joe Moore, Braylon Ingram, a guy coming off of a medical retiring at Alabama. There's a huge question mark there. Jaden Gould, Jalen Bellamy, Jack Stonehouse, a punter in the portal, right? That is not a break-even result of the transfer portal by any stretch of the imagination. You have starters out the door. You've got guys that are supposed to be the future of your program as backups out the door. You've got the majority of your wide receiving core out the door. And you bring in five guys via the portal. Five. And it's not like we look at the 2023 recruiting class of players coming in and saying that they've got a lot to offer because there's only 14 players in the 2023 class. Let me remind you, you're already down eight guys via the portal when we do that net gain. It's a net loss of eight guys. You had 14 players graduate or get to the NFL. And per an article from Emily Liker over at Syracuse.com, you had seven or eight more players exit for reasons unknown. The math that I've put together on this says that if you take everybody that left via the portal, via graduation, via the NFL, via an unknown reason, you're net down 16 players right now. Where are the 16 coming from, right? You're reaching out to guys in the 24 class, reaching out to guys in the 25 class. What is happening with this team right now? And that is where more of my frustration comes in with Syracuse football. Everyone is leaving. Players are leaving because they see the opportunities are better elsewhere, right? Guys that are starters, guys that are studs, guys that are getting your best of the best in terms of NIL opportunities, gone. Future NFL caliber players in Jihad Carter, Deuce Chestnut, gone, right? The stars on the defensive side that are supposed to be your future, gone. That's frustrating. That's disappointing. It's tough to see. And it's tougher to get excited about. So now we look to recruiting. And I talked about the 2023 class being skin and bones in a skeleton of what a recruiting class should be. There are 14 players in this recruiting class. Let me remind you what happened a few months back when on National Signing Day, your two best recruits flipped the switch on you on signing day in Lenora Sellers, four-star quarterback who could have been the future of this program, flips to South Carolina, and Vincent Carroll Jackson, offensive lineman, who was your second best recruit in the class, unannounced flips the switch, decommits, and goes elsewhere. Now, just last week, let's add to the table. 
the second best remaining player that you had on the roster in a junior college transfer in Lonnie Rice decommits from the program. Everything going good flips. People leaving. People don't want to, don't want to be a part of it. Things like that. All of these things, in my mind, result in players not necessarily wanting to be here and be a part of this because they don't like what's going on or they see better opportunities elsewhere. And it's disappointing. Let's not even address the fact, because I haven't addressed the fact yet, that this is the worst recruiting class in the Atlantic Coast Conference. This is the 74th ranked recruiting class in college football, which puts Syracuse just about the bottom 50 in collegiate football. You are adjacent in the recruiting rankings to Louisiana Tech, and you are five spots better than your throughway counterpart in the university at Buffalo. Is that the playing field you're going for now is to be on par with Buffalo? Because that's where you are in terms of recruiting. The fourth straight season, Dino Babers has had a worse recruiting class than the year before. You go from 50th in 2019 to 62nd in 2020 to 64th in 21 to 65th in 22 to 74th in 23. For a guy that can't coach on the field, in terms of offense, defense, play calling, or clock management, you sure as hell aren't making up for it in the recruiting efforts because you're not getting good recruits and you're not getting recruits that rank. And I am not saying that you can't turn players from this into NFL talent because you can. It's possible. It's happened. We just saw it happen. But there is a reason that five-star players get drafted with 90 plus percent frequency and four-star players get drafted with a certain frequency and three-star players and unranked players do not get drafted at such a frequency. It is because the more stars you have, the more likely you are to translate to the NFL, right? There are always possibilities for long shots. Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby at 80 to one last year. It can happen. But dear God, does the favorite not typically do it? There is rationale behind why players get more stars. And you're not getting players with stars. And you are continually seeing your recruiting rankings drop year after year after year after year. You followed a 10-win season with an on-par recruiting class as the year before. You made a bowl game this year. The recruiting class is 74th in the country. UTSA has a recruiting class better than you. Rutgers has recruiting class better than you by about five or six spots. We're not better than Rutgers anymore. Syracuse is below Rutgers in those efforts. You're seeing rankings of all Power 5 football programs, and Syracuse comes in dead last. That's why I'm angry with Syracuse football. That's why I'm frustrated with Syracuse football. And the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, the last, I don't know, running of sandpaper on the sculpture or whatever you want to use in terms of 
analogy happens this past weekend. Your number one player in the 2024 class in Sire Torrance, Saimir's younger brother, CBA player, self-proclaimed hometown hero, decommits from Syracuse. I don't have words. I was so disappointed and angered and up in arms to see that. And I said, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong for Syracuse football at this point in time. Just wow. How? Right? You're losing local guys. Because they see what's about to happen. They see the state of the program. They see that everybody, a part of it, wants to get out. Coaches, players, theoretical recruits, people do not want to be a part of Syracuse football right now. And I know you're going to counteract me by saying, oh, you know, Garrett Schrader stayed. Rondé Gadsden stayed. Some players are going to field the roster. You're right. They are. They're going to field the roster. But that doesn't mean that issues are not at hand, that bigger macro problems exist and need to be dealt with because they do and they're not being fixed. And we sit in a situation right now that I don't think anyone would have expected it, but following a bowl season, a season where Syracuse was at one point ranked 14th in the country, we are distraught, frustrated, mass exodus of coaches, mass exit of players. Recruits don't want to come to Syracuse. You have your worst recruiting class in the last 15 years. Okay? The last 15 years. Worst recruiting class. Following a bowl season. There isn't silver linings. There are not, I don't know, I I don't see green grass and I'm searching on the other side of that fence. There isn't what I want to see in terms of change, in terms of fixes, in terms of what you need to do in order to succeed. It's been a long off season and it seems like news story after news story after report, after report, after Twitter announcement, after Twitter announcement, is always got one consistent motif. And that is that it is not good news for Syracuse. It is a player leaving. It is a coach getting hired elsewhere. It is a decision happening that harms Syracuse. And it is as disappointing as can be to be a Syracuse football fan at this point in time. I want to be wrong. I don't want this to be the state of Syracuse football. I want Syracuse to win. I want Syracuse to be a place people want to go. I've lived here my entire life. I don't plan on leaving here. I want it to be a place that people enjoy and get to in football, in basketball, in lacrosse, in soccer, in field hockey, name any sport. I want them to find success. And right now, the vibes surrounding Syracuse football 
do not ooze success. And they ooze disappointment and anger and madness. And I need that to change. What is that change? I don't know. I think that change happens at the end of a contract that may or may not end in another season or two. I think that change happens in taking a look at where our money goes. And I know they're investing in facilities right now and they are taking however many million dollar donations to work on facilities that needs to be echoed in the NIL space. And I I look at approach and I look at, do we want to see Syracuse football succeed money-wise? Or do we want to continue investing minimal money into Syracuse football so that the net profits of contracts, television, and whatnot are more lucrative? There's the questions. What will happen? What changes will we see? Is there going to be a mentality shift in my mind at some point in time? I don't know. As we get closer to the season, maybe I'll do an episode rattling off things to be excited about, about Syracuse football. But right now my list is negative and it's entirely negative. And it's a result of five key coaches exiting the program for non-jumps in terms of position and slight jumps in terms of program. It's the net eight losses in the transfer portal that hurt. It's the lack of promising recruiting classes that hurt. It is the teams you are nearest in recruiting rankings that hurt. It is the loss of key recruit after key recruit after key recruit via decommitting or committing elsewhere or reopening their recruitment, whatever that might be. I'm sorry, I don't like to jab at high school players, but the the definition of hometown hero has changed because apparently you just have to play a sport to become a hometown hero at this point. It's awful. It's frustrating. It is a somber state of Syracuse football. What happens next? What happens next? I don't know. I want to be proven wrong. Come at me in the comments. Tell me I'm too harsh. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me I'm insane for being as down on Syracuse football as I am. But I think I laid out some pretty good examples as to why there's frustration. And that'll do it. There's your Tuesday episode. And I'm going to end it. Ready for this irony? Be kind. Make somebody smile today. Have a good one. Mo and Valentine, Locked on Syracuse Tuesday. And I will catch you tomorrow, hopefully, with a little bit more spice, a little bit more smiles, and something positive to talk about on your Wednesday episode of Locked on Syracuse. Peace.